Hello, welcome to another episode of Field of Screams Podcast. Today we will be covering the movie It Follows. This movie created quite an amount of buzz whenever it came out in 2014. I remember hearing quite a bit about how good it was, but I never quite heard what the movie was about, but I went and saw it anyways, and I, I had a good time while watching it. I remember after I had seen it, I had talked to a friend and told him I went and saw a movie called It Follows, and he asked me what it was about, and the best words I could use to describe what this movie's about is, it's kind of a metaphor for an STD, it's kind of a curse, and the only way to spread the curse is to have sex with someone else. And once you do that, the curse gets passed to them. And there's this monster that slowly follows them until they pass the curse themselves. Depending on the person that you're talking to, if you describe a movie like this, you might get a few weird looks. They might not be that interested, and the director kind of had that problem while making this movie. The director, David Robert Mitchell, he actually had this dream. And this is where the, the idea from the movie, where it stemmed from, is the dream was that something kept following him. And it followed him very slowly. But no matter what, no matter what he did, it just kept coming and he couldn't stop it. And it was very slow. He would see it coming. He could escape it. But the thing just kept coming for him constantly, constantly. And he said just the dread of that dream always kind of haunted him. And he'd have that dream several times throughout his life. So the director, David Mitchell, he sat down and decided to make a script about this dream that he had so he could put it, you know, in the form of a movie. And he was trying to think of a way of, or I guess a reason of, why is this thing chasing these characters? And the one thing that stuck with him is he said, well, you know, what if it's after they have sex because it's kind of a physical and emotional connection and that's how you pass the curse, and then he really liked the script. Once he had the movie all laid out, he then realized he had the problem that he was now pitching a movie that was a metaphor for an STD. And in an interview, he said, well, I guess the interviewee was like, well, how do you pitch this movie? You know, what's the small talk? How do you get people into this project? And he just said, oh, well, you don't. Like, there is no elevator pitch for it. There is no phrase or way of summing it all up he goes what I had to do is I had to give them the entire script and kind of give them some pictures to kind of show them the feeling of the movie the dread and some scenes and kind of what I was imagining and finally someone picked it up now I've seen this movie twice I saw it once when it first came out in theater and then I watched it again recently now just a reminder, when I review this film, it is going to have spoilers, so if you haven't seen it, go ahead and pause it and go and watch it if you plan on watching it, and if not, you could just listen to this. So that's your warning, and here we go. Now I've mentioned that I've seen it twice, and the reason why I mention that is the first time that I saw it in theaters, you can kind of notice there's a difference in volume between the theater version and then the version they have for DVD or Blu-ray. They kind of lowered the volume just a little bit, which I guess is expected. They want it nice and loud when it goes into the theater. This movie has a cool little score here. It reminds me of an 80s kind of throwback sound, almost like how Stranger Things has. It has that funky sound to it. And even when things go bad and it's a scary scene, 
It's kind of like a techno version of almost like Psycho, where it has that din, 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 but it's, it's different. It's not exactly a high-pitched noise, but it's kind of this disturbing noise that goes on a very repetitive and fast-paced score. It, it's pretty effective for this film. You get a nice sample of the score right from the get-go in the film. I mean, the film opens up with this girl just running out of her house. And she's basically running from nothing. You're getting the perspective of people out in the street. And they're asking her if everything's okay. And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then she takes off sprinting again like she's terrified. And you're like, what is this girl doing? And then eventually she gets on the beach. And she looks like almost kind of defeated. And then it like fast forwards to the morning. And it shows her body just like destroyed. It's a really effective hook right from the get-go. I mean, you don't know what's going on. But I mean, when you see the aftermath of this, you're like, okay, there's something clearly pretty powerful and evil going on here. We then meet our main character named Jay. Jay is a typical young girl. She has a group of friends. I guess among the group of friends is like her sister. But then there's a friend named Paul, who was their neighbor for a long time. I can't quite remember if they're still neighbors, but they go on stories on how they used to live next door. And they did all these crazy things. But you can clearly tell Paul likes Jay. But unfortunately for Paul, Jay has a boyfriend. And she's going on a date with him pretty early in the movie. And if you know what this movie's about, you could guess to where, where this is leading. Jay's boyfriend takes her out to a movie theater and they go there and they're having a good time. But all of a sudden it looks like Jay sees something at the movie theater and he looks kind of panicked and he's just kind of like, can we get out of here? And she's just like, yeah. And they get out of there and they drive away in their car and when they drive away in their car, you know, they, they do the deed. And after that, Jay's kind of just laying down in the car and it seems like this nice little moment... And then Jay's boyfriend comes up behind her and chloroforms her. Knocks her out. Now, if you went to see this movie and didn't have any idea what it was about, this is a pretty effective scene. Like, it just comes out of nowhere and you're like, what? What is going on? This ain't good. You immediately feel bad for the main character, Jay, because now she's tied up in a wheelchair. While Jay's tied up in the wheelchair, Jay's boyfriend starts telling her about this curse on how... She needs to pass it on to someone else. This thing will always be following her. It could take any type of form. And it's really just kind of a manic, crazy beginning. The beginning of this film is really good. Finally, the thing that follows people when they're cursed, you, you get your first glimpse. And I think it was a naked lady it takes form of. But you see the thing for the first time. And with the music and everything, it's creepy. Jay's boyfriend then wheels her out of the abandoned parking lot that they're like standing in. They get in the car. He drives her home really quick and kind of like dumps her out in the street and tells her to pass the curse. Of course, Jay's sister sees Jay get dumped off into the street and they take her in. And this is just a very sad moment for Jay. You feel bad for her. The sister feels bad for her. You really don't see Jay's parents much throughout this film. It's like all of the kids' parents are gone throughout this film, which kind of needs to happen for the plot to go. 
But you just kind of wonder as you're watching this movie, you're like, man, where's the parents? Like, they're, they're nowhere to be found. Which, sometimes this movie kind of gives a feel for a 70s or 80s movie. And if that's the case, some people would be like, oh, you know, back then you could just do whatever you want. Back when I was a kid, you know, my parents didn't know where I went. I just ran around town. But, I mean, it's kind of hard to pinpoint what time this movie takes place in and he did it the director did that on purpose to kind of give this movie a dreamlike feel like there's times to where you see them using technology that looks like it might be a little more modern but again the dressing styles were kind of like 80s vibes there's present day cars sometimes but then there's a lot of cars that are from the 80s time period so like you really can't pinpoint when this film is supposed to take place which I, I think it's kind of an effective thing to do it gives the movie kind of a hazy feeling a little bit a lot of paranoia in this film with the curse or the thing that follows people with it being able to shift from what it looks like you know there's a lot of scenes to where they're in general public and you just see someone kind of walking in their direction and Sometimes it is the thing that's following them, and sometimes it's not. It's pretty effective. It creates a just a very paranoid atmosphere. And I mean, sometimes this thing takes a shape of, like, when this girl's in school, you see, like, this old lady walking campus, and no one's looking in her direction. Like, she doesn't belong there. It's just a very odd feel. Then the thing takes shape in very obvious forms. There was one, it was like a shirtless lady who had one sock on and there's urine running down her leg. Very clearly not a person in society. Other times it's like a naked man. And it's just very uncomfortable seeing those images sometimes in this film. It's kind of effective. There was one scene that was really, really effective when I saw it in theater. It was when this thing invades Jay's house. And she's in her room, she's trying to lock it, she lets two of her friends in, she hears a knock, it's like another one of her friends, and they go to open the door, and it's that friend just standing there, and they're like, see, nothing's there. And then the thing takes shape of like a seven foot dude, who just like, goes past the friend really quickly into the room, and I swear everyone in the theater like, jumped, it was a very scary moment, I jumped myself. And I, I thought it was a really effective scene, but when I watched it again recently with a friend who had never seen it, he was like, oh, I heard there's a really good jump scare. I'm like, oh, there is. Like, I'll, I don't want to tell you when it is, though. And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll watch for it. And we're watching it, and the scene's coming up, and I'm kind of bracing, and the scene comes up, and the tall guy, like, kind of floods into the room like he did, but it didn't seem as effective as it was in theater. And then even my friend was just kind of sitting there, and I was just kind of like, oh, well, that was the scene. And he's like, oh, I, th I thought some of the scenes earlier were scarier than that. And I was like, yeah, maybe it's not as effective as what I remembered it being. Now, I will say this movie's strength is definitely the beginning of the film. That is, when is it is at its scariest, and when you don't quite know what the thing is, and there's a lot of paranoia... And not everyone believes Jay just quite yet. That's when it's at its scariest. And as the movie gets going, it kind of uh, 
undoes some of the rules it states earlier in the film. Like, one of the rules is if it touches you, like, it destroys you. So, about midway through the movie, they're, they, like, get away from everything. They're on the run from the thing that follows them. And eventually this thing sneaks up on them. And it grabs the main character girl by the hair. But, like, the friends kind of help fight the thing off by, like, throwing things at it and doing all this stuff. And I remember just kind of thinking, wait, I thought if it touched you, it destroyed you. Like, you, you were done. But, uh, you know, they don't want to kill off the main girl, so that doesn't happen. She gets away. But that was one of the times to where one of the rules didn't really stick from the beginning. Then it gets to a point to where when they're on the run, Jay crashes the car into a cornfield. And she becomes hospitalized after it. And it's kind of like, okay, so Jay went on a date. And she got thrown out into the streets. The police came to her house. They took her for questioning trying to figure out what the boyfriend did. Then she gets away, and she drives a car into a cornfield. She's in the hospital. Where where are these kids' parents? They're nowhere to be found. I mean, it, if, I, if I was her parent, like I would be making sure she was going nowhere, which would be terrible for the film. And It's probably something they could have done to make it a little more... put more stakes into it. Like if her parents were making her not leave the house... And she knew this thing was going to be coming for her. And her parents think she's crazy. That, that could have been an effective thing they did. Surprised they didn't go that route. I think the film's weakest point is definitely the ending of the film. I mean, there's a scene to where the thing that's following them, they shoot it in the head. And it just kind of falls over. And then it like slowly gets back up and keeps following them. So the end, when they decide, you know, they need to try to kill this thing off. I don't know where they get this idea and why they think it will work. But they decide to go to a pool, an abandoned pool. And they put Jay inside the pool. Then they get a bunch of electronics that are plugged in near the pool. And they're trying to use Jay as bait to get it in the water so they can throw the electronics in and they can shock it. And I guess they think that's going to kill this thing that follows them. And they also have a gun. But I mean, again, in the beginning of the film, like, not the beginning, the middle, it already kind of shows us that shooting it in the head does not work. So I don't know why they thought this big plan was going to work, but they decided to go through it anyways. So Jay's in the pool, just kind of treading water. All of her friends are standing around. Waiting for this thing to enter. And of course only Jay can see it. And finally the thing does come. And it comes like disguised as her dad. But you don't see it at first. And this seems just like really chaotic. But not in a good way. Like when you don't see it. And Jay's like oh it's terrible. And they're like what describe it. And she's like oh I, I can't. Because it's just so terrible. And you're like what. Well, like how bad can it be you know. And you're picturing like Pennywise the Clown. Or. Just something awful looking, and I mean, it took shape of her dad, which I'm guessing is no longer in the picture, which I guess kind of explains why he's not grounding her and doing all this stuff in the beginning of the film. But this thing comes in, disguises her dad, and then it starts chucking the electronics into the water. But since it's plugged in, it's not working, and these kids are kind of narrating it. They're like, whoa, good thing it wasn't plugged in, it didn't electrocute the water. Good thing that didn't happen, because Jay's still in the water. And it's like, well, 
you're kind of explaining this out loud. And it's like, why, why did you even put electronics near the water? Like, this is kind of backfiring on you guys. After the thing chucks most of the electronics into the water, and after the other characters narrating it, it then gets into the water itself and almost drowns Jay. And luckily one of her friends shoots it in the head, which like disables it for like four seconds. Jay gets out of the water, and you see this thing like bleed in the pool. But the blood like kind of fills the entire pool. So it goes from like, at first you're like, oh okay, they, they must have killed it. But then the blood just keeps filling up the pool and it feels very ominous. And they're kind of just like, oh, I, I wonder if it worked. And you're just kind of left with that. I don't know if there's like some like metaphorical meaning, but I, I, I don't know. I didn't really get the last scene. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, to be honest. But I guess how do you kill something of like this curse? I guess you can't. Jay's one friend, Paul, in this movie. And there, there's a point in this movie to where when they find out the rules of how to pass the curse, Paul goes up to Jay and is just kind of like, hey... Give the curse to me. Like, I'll, I'll take on the burden of the curse. And Jay's just kind of like, no. Like, we're not doing that. And then, like, you can tell Paul's, like, kind of just bummed out. It's a, it's a weird kind of in-between. Because you know that Paul likes Jay. But there does seem to be some... He seems genuine when he proposes this idea you know that he's really trying to just take this curse. You kind of believe him. But then you're kind of like, well, you know, he also likes Jay. Like, he's just trying to get with her a little bit. So there's probably a little mixed feelings in his motivations. But, I mean, at one point in the movie, like, Jay's telling him, like, no. Like, I'm not just giving this curse away. Like, we're not going to do that. And then this older boy, like, kind of comes in. And she gives the curse to him instead. And you can just see the disappointment in Paul's face. Like, well, I offered. Okay. You know, and it doesn't work out. And Jay tells him later that she thought that the other boy would be able to take on the curse and be okay. Like, he'd be able to spread it and keep it going and stay alive. And that didn't work out. Like, he got killed by the thing who took the shape of his mom. Which was a very disturbing scene itself. But then, like, at the end of the film, after the pool scene, like, Jay finally does the deed with Paul. And after that, they kind of ask... He asks Jay, do you feel any different? And she's just kind of like, no. And then they walk down the sidewalk to end the movie, and they're holding hands. And you see this, like, teenager walking behind them in that direction. The same direction as them. And you kind of get the vibes that that teenager is actually the thing still chasing them. So, they don't get rid of it. The thing's still after them. And that's how the film ends. So, I mean, yeah. It's a very unique movie. If you feel like you are seeing very unoriginal movies, this is a very original movie. It's very much its own thing. The beginning's very good. I will say the beginning's very tense and scary. As the movie gets going, it feels like it kind of loses track a little bit. It's still a good movie. But, I mean, by the end scene, you're kind of just like, why are they doing this? Like, why do they think this was a good idea? Why are they going to a pool and putting electronics near it? Like, that sounds dangerous. And it doesn't even work out for them. 
But I mean, I think the end of the movie is just kind of a metaphorical thing of, you know, something like an STD. I mean, once you, once that happens, I mean, I don't think there's really a cure for some of those. So maybe that's the whole meaning of it. You know, the monster doesn't have to be killed. Sometimes the thing wins. It just keeps coming. And that's kind of a scary thing in itself. Well, that wraps up my review for It Follows. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you did enjoy listening, feel free to subscribe and like this episode. That helps out the channel. And until next time.